The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me today happens to be my child, my demon spawn himself, Jacob Matthew Alexander. Say hi, Jakey Poo. Hey. All righty. So Laura's going to be out for a little while uh, due to some medical things. And, you know, we're, our, our thoughts are with her because uh, she's going through some stuff. So for now, I have to deal with my spawn. Yes, you have to deal with me, the one and only. <laughs> All right, bud. Here's what I've got for you today. I've actually got a pair of doctors, but we'll get into that a in a minute. Pair I think of it's doctors. A, I think so it's a pair could, of doctors. So this could have fit on Tuesday as well, maybe. Yeah, but I've got, I got a better one for Tuesday. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, 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 I do. Okay, today I've got Dr. Robert Clements, a.k.a. he is a bluebeard. And I didn't actually know what classified anything as a bluebeard. Or a person until one of our researchers actually told me. She called me up and said, Hey, I found out what a bluebeard is. I'm not a fucking pirate or something. something. Yeah, that, that, that was my thought. Like, there's black beard, there's white beard, there's red beard, there's blue beard, all the colors of the rainbow. I, pirate, being a pirate, I think, is kind of gay. I mean, hey, <laughs> you, you gotta you got release the steam somehow. They all like going down with the semen. <laughs> <coughs> Seems pretty fishy. Oh, and the pollen count here is fucking ludicrous. Oh my god. Yeah, whenever he coughs, I just see him just lean over, his face goes red. Oh, it's fucking god dang. I just want to. I think I just want to live in an air. All right, so what was. Uh, anyway, Blear, Bluebeard mean? Okay, we're going to get to that. So Robert George Clemens was born in 1880 in Belfast, Ireland. It's not surprising he migrated to England as millions of Irish people fled Ireland during the Great Potato Famine of 1945. <laughs> I keep forgetting that's a thing. But man, that's a hell of a long ways away, right? Because like he's born in 1880 and here it is 1945. So that puts him at, what, 50, 60, about 60 years old, 55 years old, something like that. So, although Clemens would have migrated regardless of... Uh, uh, as he identified as an alterman, North Irish, thus British. That's what he identified as. Go figure that one out. He attended medical school at 18 and graduated in 1904 at the age of 24 years old. Kudos to him. Good job, Dr. Robert. Well, he graduated everything with a PhD required, or was there just not a thing? You need that? a PhD to be a fucking doctor. I don't know why I go through medical school. I don't know why I said PhD. Like. <laughs> because PhD, because you and I were talking about my music degree. Doctorate. Yeah, if I went back and got my doctorate, then you'd all have to call me Dr. Scott. Dr. Scotty. That's right. Except I want to be the love doctor. <laughs> Dr. Scotty is the doctor of the twisted. That's true. So Clemens gained further qualifications in 1908 and became a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons in Edinburgh uh, in 1912. So apparently that's a big thing. I don't know because I'm not from England. I don't know. Sounds like a doctors. sort of union for doctors. Yeah, kind of. Kind of sounds like something that's like really prestigious and shit. Yeah, like a prestigious union known for how well they fuck over your employer. <laughs> I'm sorry. He only killed that one a little bit. Uh, only a little? 
Good, good surgeon. You, you, you sure there wasn't like thirty six stab wounds? <laughs> no, that that that's later this week. Trust me. Uh. So Clemens um, had a distinguished career, right? He rising to the top of several medical professionals uh, professions and became the chief of uh, medi- the chief medical officer for health in Blackburn during World War II. So that's pretty freaking good. Kudos to him. This dude's a hard ass worker, man, and it's apparently a smart guy. So he was like one of the best at the time. Yeah, that's what it sounded like, dude. Is like he was the best of the best. And so. then it all came crashing down. <laughs> it always does. If he if he's on our show, there's a reason. <laughs> he took the post when the regular doctors were called uh, to active duty. Clements was reportedly uh, an intelligent man, the top of his field, and wrote several medical papers, which were published in Lancet in and British Medical Journal. He was described as a jovial man who is easy to get along with. Wow, easy to get along with, and then you become a killer. That's. that's I wonder if those papers are still out, you know, considering he's a killer. I might have to uh, get a researcher on that. Yeah, yeah, go for it. In 1925, Clements uh, had a son, Robert George Wilson Clements. That's a lot of names. Jesus Christ. Robert... George Wilson Wilson Clements. Clements. Dude, pick Roger three names. George Wilson Clements. R G W C. Okay. Could you imagine being pissed off at him as a dad? You know, and you're yelling his full freaking name. You better hope you're not drunk or something. I mean, seriously, a few drinky poos in him. Maybe Rob jo- Will- Child, come here. Or like when you know, like how mothers always say the full name, even if it's like extremely long for some reason. Your grandmother. To this day, scares the shit out of me when she screams my full name. Like for real. Like uh, when I was before you were born, when I was married to my second ex-wife, um, Amanda and I had gone out with uh, some friends of uh, of mine from high school, uh, Jen Yost and, and her girlfriend, and uh, I came back to uh, the house that they had in, uh, in La Mirada, and I walk in, and your grandmother looked me dead in the eyes. Was James Scott Alexander. Oh shit. And, dude, I was, like, in my late 20s. I'm a full-grown man. I had a career. You know, butthole puckered up. But, yeah, yeah, what? So, have you been drinking? I went, fucking busted. I felt like I was five. But, yeah, yeah, I've been doing some drinking. This just looked at me. Okay, yeah, just go to bed, man. <laughs> to myself, oh, you twat. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> Ah, uh, she just scared the shit out of you. That, that's what mothers are supposed to do. Scared the Mine hell didn't. No, no, yours is a different story. The only, the only thing that she managed to scare me with is the fact that she didn't come back. Eh, that's okay. Yeah, it's been you and I, and it's worked out okay. Fine Secret large. twisted lore. <laughs> <laughs> more and more about my kiddos. Okay, so, anyway. After uh, Robert George Wilson Clements uh, was born... He was raised in Belfast, and he actually grew up to be a farmer, which, hey, honorable profession, right? I mean, you're still producing something for society. Right. Dude, that, the world doesn't turn without farmers. Like, seriously, mad respect. Yeah, as soon as we figured out agriculture, uh, we just started doing all the other shit. So, yeah, being a farmer is good. Probably, man. He remained at least loosely involved with his father's life through letters and uh, attended at least one of his stepmother's funerals. Yes. He had many stepmothers, so I'm not the only one who's a serial fucking marrying guy. Serial marriage has got to collect all the rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my collection, man. I, I collect fucking divorce decrees. 
Clemens married his first wife, wife Edith, or Edith. Uh, it, it's spelled two different ways, E-D-I-T-H or E-D-Y-T-H. Annie Mercer, uh, she was active uh, in an Ulster Woman's uh, Unionist Council. I have no clue what that is. There should be notes on what the hell that is. That just sounds like what a union is. Like a union for women or something? I mean, hey, there's a union for police officers. There's a union for doctors. Musicians. There's a union for musicians. Why not there be a union for an entire half of a species? Yeah, no, okay. I'll give it that. So (laughs) her father owned the Durfin Flour and Meal Company. Uh, Meal Mills Company. God dang. How's it spelled? It's meal. It's like a, you're eating a meal. And mills, like a mill. M-I-L-L-S. Meals, mills. Oh, that... Yeah, okay, now that's I'm... why I, I kind of stumbled a little bit. Meals, mills. Hmm. Well, he uh, had invented and patented a new method of bleaching and conditioning wheat, flour, and cereals in 1903 and became quite wealthy as a result. Edith, Edith was set to inherit his fortune. In 1920, Edith died at 40 uh, years old. From, quote, sleeping sickness, and we'll get into that probably Okay, that's on. the son? No. The, that's that's the, the Edith. That's, no, I mean, that, that, I'm not talking about Edith. I'm saying, like, the wife was the son? No, no. Uh, married uh, the doctor. Okay. Yeah. Wait, bleach? Okay, continue. Yeah, because, like, when, when mills get flour and stuff, why it's white is because it's bleached. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I was just, like... It sounds like something that the son would have done. Yeah, you really. would think, but no. <laughs> the doctor figured that out. That's impressive. Out of his wheelhouse entirely. So check this out. Though this sounds like a bit of a suspiciously made-up disease, which I thought it was, it's not. African typhanomosis disease, i probably fucked that one up, is referred to as a sleeping sickness, probably because of its uh, unpronounceability uh, to a non-medically inclined individual. Yes, like... John or Latin, because John, the, the tech guy, speaks Latin. In reality, probably due to its symptoms, it caused it. It is caused by a parasite, uh, which the affected person is infected when with a uh, take your time a tsetse fly. That's what that is. a tsetse fly. Yeah, I know what that is. A tsetse fly bites them. Look it up. It's T S E T S E. Symptoms include fatigue, high fever, headaches, and muscle aches. And if not treated, can be terminal. Obviously, because Edith died from this shit. I mean, it's better that you be bitten by a titsy fly than a titty fly. Depends on how kinky you are. Uh. <laughs> there was one time with your mom. Anyway. No, I don't, I don't need to hear any more of your sex stories. Oh, you already torture me with them enough off there. <laughs> I'm making shit up, and you just see that look on your face like, seriously, how am I your child? <laughs> I already know why I'm your child. I make the same fucked up jokes. Nah, nah, good point, good point. Sometimes they even catch you off guard. That's true. Okay, so, not long after Dr. Clemens married, Mary, after like her his first wife died, he married Mary McCreary. Married Mary McCreary. Yeah. I fucked that one up. Married Mary McCreary. McCreary. Married Mary McCreary. Wow. It it sounds like a nursery rhyme, doesn't it? 
like sea, she sells seashells on the seashore type of thing. How much thing? wood could woodchuck chuck if woodchuck could chuck wood? Damn it, woodchuck, quit chucking my wood. <laughs> I so, mean, hey, if you want to get that kinky. <laughs> not right, man. You need Jesus. Pretty hard wood. So check this out. <laughs> Good old Mary, she was the daughter of a wealthy Irish industrialist based out of Manchester. Okay, so the family now has a farmer, a doctor, and a descendant of an industrialist. And the dude who ran, uh, the, well, the first wife died because her dad and her dad owned that mill. Anyways. Oh, okay. That's, the, that explains the bleach flower now. Yeah, because the, these are ex-wives. We're going through ex-wives right now. Or dead wives. Yeah, I'm like just that. kind of counting them off in my head. Continue. So, he moved to, uh, to Moss Side in Manchester to be with her. That's where uh, Dr. Clemens moved to. Moved to want to be with Mary. Mary uh, also set, was set to inherit her father's wealth. She died in 1925 of... Why? Why Why can't she do this in phonetics? Endocrinosis. Endocrinosis. Yeah, that sounds right. Inflammation of the inner lining of the heart due to a, uh, an infection, which can lead to heart or kidney failure. She was cremated before an autopsy could be requ- uh, requested. Widowed twice within five years. Inherited both... Of, of his wives wealth and signed both of their death certificates so yeah two wives die he inherited all that cash and he was the one who signed the death certificates I'm gonna have to deal with the dog real quick yeah, but... close, close the door I'm gonna keep on going yeah so uh, he both he signed both of the death certificates yep he was the guy he said yep yeah, this is why they died because I'm a doctor and people are... but it's understandable dude because fucking you know um He's he's top of his uh, of his trade, and they're like, "Hey, he's he's a great doctor, you know. Fucking, he knows what he's talking about." So now, and like get... the reasons were based off of like parasites, right? One one's a parasite. The other one was uh, inflammation. The inflammation, in the heart. heart lining. So uh, like that inflammation could have just been genetic for all anybody else knew, right? And no autopsy, so you know, hey, don't ask, don't tell, right? So wife number three. Sarah, and she went by Kathleen Burke, was his third wife. She Sarah died. Kathleen Burke? Yeah, I don't even fucking ask anymore. I just read the names, dude. <laughs> she died of cancer. Her husband started uh, predicting her death in 1939 in spite of her seemingly to be in perfect health. After her collapse and subsequent death, a friend of Clements, who was also a doctor, convinced police to order an autopsy. The sneaky bastard had already had her cremated, and you betcha, he signed her death certificate too. <laughs> okay, so that one was just cancer, but as he says, she was, was in seeming good health. Right, but he, but you got Clements over here saying, "Oh no, she's gonna die. She's gonna die." You know, she must have the cancer. But keep it in mind, dude, this is like the early 1900s and shit. Early yeah, delay. they didn't really know how to handle it. They just knew what it was. Right. It's not like you could pull up medical records and shit like that going, oh, yeah, the blood results say. That oh, yeah, the blood results say that the blood results say that she has the diagnosis of gay. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> that would be you and your boyfriend, Charles. Last I checked, my name wasn't Sappho. <laughs> You're not right. Anyway. What? I'm just referencing a book. Clements married, an, again, Amy Victoria Burnett, 
and she was the daughter of a wealthy Irish industrialist based out of Manchester. So he's not moving very far, right? Yeah, and that's that... now a uh, second industrialist? Second industrialist, and it was the same year that Kathleen died. So, dude, he's got this down like a factory. He's moving him in and out, man. I'm gonna... He's got, got down to a science. No shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm going to off this lady and get the next one. <laughs> Fucking A. Shitty. Her father was the uh, was one of Clement's new uh, patients, and as such, Clement's knew he was in poor health. Uh, death was likely imminent, and his daughter was going to inherit his wealth. So, you know, kind of some inside info. I'm in the wrong business, man. Shit. Damn, sure. now I gotta marry your dad. <laughs> <laughs> you need Jesus. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're going to go inheritance, go least resistance. Well, it'd be fine if he was gay, but think about it, man. If, if you're not gay and you marry a dude, the uh, the, the sex impl- could be kind of iffy. <laughs> the implications there. Just on a societal standard. Oh, yeah. In the early 1900s, man, if you're fucking gay, goddamn. If you fuck the guy, then you don't care. <laughs> they don't, you don't matter. Yeah, that's true. So, anywho, sure enough, her father suddenly died in January of 1940, six months before Clements married his daughter. So, six months before he died, he's all like, hey, Amy Burnett, you're my woman of my dreams. Let's get married. And she's like, okay, your other wives died and it was suspicious, but what could happen? Oh, no, I'm dead now. We haven't got to that part yet. Not yet. Some reports say... Uh, he died before his daughter's wedding. Short, uh, others shortly after. Either way, he, he, he died he, around. The he wedding. died. Yeah, he may have been unknowingly helped to die by good old Doc Clements. Mm, get uphill over the face. So, regardless, within around six months, Clements had potentially murdered a patient, killed his current wife, uh, courted a new patient's daughter, and married her. Dude moves fast, man. All within a year. All within six months, dude. Half a year. This dude's like the speedy Gonzalez of death and marriage. (laughs) I mean, hey, (coughs) sex sells, but death does too. Well, get this. I know this is going to come to a shocker to all of our listeners and you. Ready? Mm -hmm. What's up? Unsurprisingly, Amy fell ill on May 26th of 1947. Wow, it's only it's not like he had a death streak of 4 before that. Oh, yeah. And her husband, being Dr. Clements, um, called in another doctor, Dr. James Houston. The two doctors consulted each other uh, regarding the now comatose Amy. Uh by consult, by the way, we mean Clements convinced Houston his wife had uh, myeloid leukemia, uh, which was actually that's a, kind of a smart move. He knew he was already suspected of murder, bringing another doctor to throw off suspicion, but ensure it's one he can he can actually influence. You know, because you know Clements is at the top of his field. This other doctor is going to be like, "Hey, dude, knows what he's talking about? Of course she has leukemia. Of course she has. I think that's just cancer, isn't it?" Of course she has cancer. Why wouldn't she? <coughs> you, you okay over there? I'm dying. Hey, your face just going blood red there. I'm not even married to Dr. Clements, and I'm a guy. <laughs> and he's already killing me. I mean, hey, path of least resistance. 
that's true. That's true. I don't know. A little bit of candlelight, some wine. Maybe Clemens would look good to me, too. You never know. Have the lights down real low. <laughs> flower petals all over the floor leading to the bedroom. A little romantic music going on. <laughs> a knife on the bedside table. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> so, Dr. Houston basically took Clemens' word for it in that, uh, for the fact that Amy had leukemia. Took it at surface level. <clears throat> right. He's like, hey, you, you know what she's talking. He knows what he's talking about, right? She was admitted uh, into the Ashley Bank Nursing Home in Southport, where she died within 31 hours of her arrival. <laughs> the only reason that would happen is if the cancer was... Oh, I'm not talking to the mic. The only reason that would happen is if, she, if the cancer was already exploded throughout her body. Yeah, it would have to be very aggressive. <laughs> so she... There's definitely some assistance there. So, Clements had claimed she had been suffering from dizzy spells for some time. Clements' uh, uh, diagnosis was confirmed during a poorly executed autopsy. Like, basically, they, caught, they cut her open and said, ah, yeah, you know what, you're right. You're fine. You she know. grabbed a knife, slashed her open, looked inside. Yep, that's cancer. Close it up. Must be cancer. Yeah, that's, it's, you know, bloody. And the autopsy, by the way, was performed by Dr. Houston. That was the original doctor he called in. Ah. So here's what's going on in my head. And this is kind of off of what's written in front of me. Is that Clemens went, let me find the dumbest doctor that I can find. Like a guy who is like at the bottom of his field and has a survival rate of none. He's a dumbass. And I'm going to tell him everything that I think because I'm at the top of my field. And he'll go, yeah, that sounds good to me. Let's do it. And probably slamming like a 50 under the table. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, hey, man, here's here's a few bucky buckies for you. Just go buy yourself something pretty. He's like, okay, I'm going to go buy something pretty. I'm going to go buy myself a dress. <laughs> <laughs> Clement signed the death certificates himself once again. I got it. However, the nursing home raised some doubts. They're like, huh, you know what? We got Dr. Clements over here. We got this dumbass Dr. Houston Something's not right. Who knows? He might have not been a dumbass. He might have just been inexperienced. We don't know. He's dead. Yeah, true. True, true. So, all but Kathleen were wealthy women when they married Dr. Clemens. Kathleen was the last one? That was the first one, I think. That was the first one. It was somewhere in there. I fucking don't know. It's it, was one, it was one of them. It was one of them. <clears throat> and virtually penniless by their deaths, by the way. So he marries them, boom, gets their money, you're gone. A second autopsy of Amy's body by Dr. Grace revealed the presence of morphine and deduced this was what actually killed her. And I, it, honestly, this makes this dude a basic bastard, which is a male version of what I always say. Bitch. My basic bitch award. So I think this week here, Dr. Clements is actually going to get my basic bitch award. Um, his findings were confirmed by Dr. J.B. Firth, director of the Home Office Laboratory in Preston. Investigators discovered Clements had prescribed morphine for a patient who had never received it. Um, and was the patient the father of the latest victim slash wife? That would be convenient, as the patient can't ask, right? Hey, where's my drugs? I need some morphine. Uh, well, I'm dead now. He's dead. He doesn't need it anymore. 
So check yeah, this. Yeah, you know, you could always revive them. Just slam their chest a couple of times and just poke them with a needle. Ah, there you go. <laughs> hey, tap them on the forehead. Hello? Anybody home? He's like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm trying to die over here. I'm just trying to sleep slash die. Yeah, leave me alone. Let me die. <laughs> so, unfortunately, when the police attempted to arrest him, they found he had committed suicide Whoa. via an overdose of morphine. He left a note saying, to whom it may concern. Because I'm not going to do an Irish accent today. There's not enough coffee for me. Do you even know how an Irish accent sounds? Oh, yeah. I, I, okay. I, I, there's an Irishman that lives in my head, too. Uh, to whom it may concern. I can no longer tolerate the diabetes. Insults to which I have been recently exposed. That was what he said. When Dr. Houston discovered his autopsy missed the presence of morphine within a week of Amy's death, he also killed himself. Uh. Dr. Houston's suicide note stated, I have for some time been aware that I have been making mistakes. I have not profited. I have not profited from experience. So yeah, I'm so spot got, on. So he got bribed. No, no, no. No, what, what he said was he, he knew that he was making mistakes for some time and that he hadn't made anything from the experience. Like he, he hadn't learned from his mistakes. So I'm spot on, dude. He found the dumbest doctor he could find that was a fuck up and said, hey, this is what I think. And he's like, yeah, okay, that's what you think. It must be, it must be accurate. So, his moniker, which is the blue uh, bluebeard, uh-huh. and the proverbial why. After his death, Dr. Clements was given the moniker Bluebeard. To understand why, you must travel back to the 15th century in France. Got a little hard back there. <coughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> the beginning of the mythical story of a French nobleman whose wives continuously and mysteriously died. The basis of the legend is the real-life chilling story of Giles de Reyes. Giles de Reyes was born in September of uh, September or October of 1405 to Guy II and Dean Montemorgorius Don't Try saying that one or even pronouncing it. Take a moment. What was it again? Montemorency? Montmorency, Montmorency hyphen Lavelle and Marie de Croen. Montmorency Lavelle. Yeah, we're going to go with Marie Croen. Okay. Let's just go Marie. Yeah. <laughs> because damn. <laughs> that that that's a complex name if I've ever heard one. So, this time period was the middle of the 100 Years War. His father died in a hunting accident and he would he, he may have witnessed uh, that we're talking about the French nobleman, Duranis, yeah. right? So he may have witnessed it when he was ten years, when he was ten, and his mother died shortly after. He was raised by his uh, maternal grandfather, who was a noted political uh, schemer. So always, you know, working the system. For a second there, I thought you were going to say political fuck up. <laughs> Same thing. Eh. Reyes was a baron who was knighted in in the French army, became a battle uh, companion of Joan of Arc, and helped uh, beat back the English forces, resulting in a peace treaty between France and England. 
Due to his military accomplishments and ability to navigate the courts, he was granted the title of Marshal of France, which is the commander of all French forces. With this title and recognition from the king, Reyes uh, was now an increasingly enticing match for marriage, which he used to his advantage to increase his wealth, a.k.a. he received a sizable dowry when he married Catherine de Thoris of Brittany. A dowry is like a... Take a moment. God, I gotta eat some fucking... Allergy pills after this shit and takes nasal sprays. Dowry is like an inheritance of sorts. Sort of like it used to be like when a nobleman or, or somebody you know of wealth, uh, people tried to marry their daughters off. So in order to marry their daughter, the the family of the daughter would offer a dowry, kind of like a bride. Like, hey, uh, you, okay. if you marry our daughter, we're gonna give you, I don't know, like a hundred acres of land, a goat, and some gold. Some gold. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Now I lost my place now that I almost died. Okay. <laughs> anyway, she was heiress of La Vendie and Poitou. Their only child, Marie, was born uh, in either 19, uh, 1433 or 1434. Basically, so, all of them are complex names for no reason. Yeah, except <laughs> that they're French, you know. Nobody Han Han shit. So, <laughs> my researcher actually uh, titled this one, Passion of the Christ. Minus Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's just passion of. <laughs> cracks me up. In, in 1435, four years after Joan of Arc's execution, Reyes withdrew from the court and concentrated on building a magnificent holy chapel and wrote a truly extravagant play about the escapades of the siege of Orleans, which was, uh, which was the victory that changed the tide of the Hundred Years' War. Even under today's standards with the biggest budget films, this play would have been a daunting task to produce. It had 20,000 lines of verses, 140 speaking roles, 500 additional extras, and endless budget issues. Reyes started selling off his land to fund the project. On May 8th of 1435, the play was first performed in Orleans. 600 customers were, uh, costumes, I'm sorry, 600 costumes were constructed, worn once, discarded, and constructed for every following performance. Wait, they made the costume? Yeah. They used it? Yeah. They discarded it? Yeah. And they had to make the same costume? Yeah. Waste of money. That's <laughs> yeah, fucking stupid, man. So unlimited supplies of food and drink were available to the spectators at Reyes's expense. Overall, he kept a more lavish court than the king of France. So, so he wasn't like sponsor at all. He was just using no. his own money. He's using his own money. Like I'm just gonna do all this. God dang, man, that's dumb. So, Ugh. from riches to rags, man. King Charles the Seventh of France denounced Reyes as someone who irresponsibly spent money in an extravagant manner and forbade any of his subjects from buying or entering into loan contracts with him. Those in charge uh, at his estates were not allowed to dispose of any of them. They couldn't get rid of nothing, right? 
Uh, keep in mind, by this time, he had sold off half of his estates, and the king wasn't wrong. Like, hey, you can't be selling all your shit. Just get your shit under control is what he's saying, right? What are you talking about? You're not my dad. I can sell whatever I want. You're not my real dad. No, I'm your king. I'll have you beheaded. Unfortunately, the uh, the edict didn't apply to Brittany as Reyes's family couldn't get the Duke of Brittany to enforce the edict, which is what the king had said. So the Duke is like, nah, you do whatever you want. No longer able to crash in uh, on his uh, repu- or cash in on his reputation, and with his debts continuing to build, Reyes was required to borrow from less reputable creditors using expensive and frequently priceless artifacts as collateral. With the help of a clergyman named Francis Pertelli. Reyes came across a book that claimed he could summon a demon called Baron. Baron. B a r o n. Baron. He, he couldn't have come up with anything more clever, like duck sucker. I don't know why I said duck sucker. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing to the animals, dude? Quack. You're not allowed outside anymore. <laughs> you're going into a goddamn cage. Is where you're going. Apparently, Reyes uh, tried summoning this baron three times within his castle, Chateau de la Tifignanus, with no result. You have to do it very specifically, and you have to have a specific blood of a specific bloodline. He didn't have enough Legos. Clearly, he didn't. He just didn't have the entire set. <laughs> That's right, man. No Death Star for you. <laughs> Which, understandably, was highly frustrating to him. He's all pissed off. I can't summon my Baron Demon. He's like, well, because you're a tool. You oh. probably just don't have a small enough dick. That's brutal. Allegedly, this is when he discovered the spell needed human sacrifices. Specifically, you ready for this? And I kind of, I kind of stand behind this actually a little bit. Specifically children. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. I hate kids. I can't say I hate them all. I, I just... You just don't like kids in general. <clears throat> Most kids are little assholes. Now, I mean, for our listeners, your kid, your kids might be great. They might be, but, you know, most kids I came across are just... <laughs> kids just don't have filters. They're just like assholes. how old folks, old people don't. I don't have filters either, so... And yeah. I'm, you are old. So check this out. You're like 5,000 years old. So he started sending out his servants um, in uh, known as what the fuck? Servants Antuni Corellet known as Pontu and Henriette to find young children. His cousin Giles de Sille was also an accomplice. So they're out there and they're hunting down the kids for him. And I bet you they're not tearing up Walmarts now. That means something completely different nowadays. Hunting them kids. Bring me little children. <laughs> I've got candy in my van. Is it a big van? <laughs> a very big van. <laughs> okay. Can I have the candy out here first? <laughs> Just to make sure you're legit. <laughs> You're not right, man. In in 1438, Reyes was accused of using magic, the occult demon summoning, and casting dark spells to increase his wealth. However, 
nothing was really done until after Reyes kidnapped a cleric on May 15th of 1440. The cleric is like the first step in the church? No, that's a medical professional. I have no fucking idea. Yeah, I really don't. Cl- clerics are known to like uh, heal, if I recall. At least that's my knowledge. But he's of. after kids, so I'm thinking the cleric has to be fairly young. So anyway. Either that or he's like, it requires somebody to chant a spell. Fuck if I know. Yeah, me neither. I'm just guessing. Anyway, yeah. during a dispute at the church of St. Etuni de Mer Morte, something about death, the bishop of Nassau launched an investigation and uh, released his findings on June 29th. The bishop was able to convince the Duke of Brittany to allow prosecution. So yeah, Duke of Brittany, who was on his side, is like, oh yeah, no, you're right, man. We have to we have to get this guy off the roads. Reyes was arrested on September 15th along with his accomplices. The court had planned uh, planned on torching Reyes to get a confession. Yeah, torching, like setting him on fire, but. They proved it that proved unnecessary when he confessed on October twenty third to sacrificing children during the spells. Ah, uh, well, that makes sense. You don't want you, you, English. You'll kill children, but God forbid if you get set on fire. That's a no, no. Well, I'm thinking in his case, it's like okay, I'm probably gonna go to the guillotine and get beheaded. And you know what? While that's pretty messed up. A little bit better than being torched. <laughs> like, a better option. Better option. Either way, I'm going to die. One way I die, you know, lit up like a Roman candle. And the other Screaming way... Screaming in agony. Right. And the other way, I'm just... I'm beheaded. I'm probably going to stay alive for like two seconds to see my freaking... Own body. body. Yeah. And then that, then I'm going to check out. I'm, nah, I'll take the I'll take the guillotine. We're, we're good. Sharpen that blade, motherfucker. Nah, you just got to keep the dull blade. Even more painful. At least that's what my that's what my knowledge says. That makes sense. The children, typically, but uh, but not exclusively, boys were taken, given clean, expensive clothes, and fed a fancy meal before being taken into a uh, into secret rooms where they were hung up on hooks, raped, or otherwise sexually abused them, slashed their throats, or bashed their faces before decapitating the bodies were cut open and their organs examined and then the bodies were burned in a fireplace he kept several of their heads on display and would on occasion kiss his favorites that's before formaldehyde and everything that's I haven't even eaten yet and I feel like I'm gonna puke I think a great diet plan is just reading about this jerk off. Reading how he how he fucks the children. Yeah, and kisses I'm, dead ones. It's great. Bleh. So trial records and witness testimonies state that many of the missing children were last seen either working on Ray, working for Reyes or seen begging for food at his castle. Eighty to two hundred children met their deaths at his hands. Some sources speculate the number may have been closer to 600, but that may be where legend morphs into fairy tale. Well, a legend is already a sort of a fairy tale. Yeah, that. sort of. So let's say the hypothetical 600 people were killed, 600 children, all for a demon that was named Baron. <laughs> that was named Baron. 
it's freaking awesome. Probably couldn't even do much besides like give you a nice shot of whiskey. Yeah, he could just come to my bar. And <laughs> better off. No, no children killing involved. Ray's I mean, w- unless you're into it. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not right. Reyes was convicted of murder, heresy, sodomy, and witchcraft. He was hung while being burned on October 26th of 1440. So, yeah, he still got burned. And he got hung, too. (laughs) And he got hung. Hey, some of us are just hung that way. (laughs) come on. (laughs) Gotta do the Jesus joke. Nobody can see the Jesus joke. That's the problem. Everybody knows what the... Cross so here, here, here's here's my Jesus joke that I love telling, and I, the Christians are going to hate me. You know why women love Jesus? Then I spread my arms all the way out and say, "Because he's hung like this." In the way of the cross. In the way of the cross. <laughs> That's not right, man. Okay, the brush at the bottom of the platform was lit, and then he was hanged. Clearly, he didn't summon a, uh, de- uh, any demons and cast uh, spells, but. We can't be certain his confession wasn't coerced through threat or tor- uh, of torture or excommunication. Uh, I think excommunication is the least of his worries. Excommunication <laughs> would have probably been the best course there besides a guillotine. Yeah, he'd be like, oh, hey, wait a minute. I thought I either had excommunication or guillotine. You're going to burn and hang me. That's great. That's freaking fantastic. That's not right. You guys Sorry, we don't did. treat witches like other people. We have to set them on fire. Yeah, that's what they believed. Yep. It's also possible he did commit the crimes um, and believed that their death would help him increase his wealth. Um, historian Margaret K. Juby says, quote, It seems impossibly quaint in the 21st century to read a text that fully accepts the validity of an uh, of an Inquisition trial with the use of torture, which is true. The Inquisition fucking dude, they tortured people all the time uh, just to get them to change their faith or do whatever. Anyway, there was no tangible proof, and it does and it does seem suspect that the Duke of Brittany acquired all of his land after his death. Um. What the hell? Okay, this is way later in history, apparently. In 1992, he was granted a retrial where French ministers, uh, parliament and members, uh, and parliament members and UNESCO experts investigated all available evidence and came back with a verdict, verdict of not guilty. As a counterweight... Okay, so are we going back to the doctor now, or no, no, no? We're we're going. We're still with the same guy. So historians, way later on, way in nineteen, like five hundred years later, said, "Ah, no, he was innocent, man. He was innocent for killing children." (laughs) What the? As a counterweight, an exceeded an exceedingly large number of children disappeared within eight years and were all last seen on uh, on his various estates. He was guilt. If he was guilty, he would have been one of, if not the earliest, recorded serial killer ever caught and convicted. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So so the legend continues. Check this out, because I want to get through this episode. We're still not going into the Bluebeard thing. Okay. No, that, that, the Bluebeard thing is because he married... This, both. this whole thing. He married a bunch of people, too. Did you miss that whole thing at the beginning? Of really? I, I just... 
I just kind of tuned out that part. Yeah. We're, okay. we're getting there. It's going to get more. Okay. The legend continues. The concept of a nobleman luring people uh, into his home by providing false, uh, false sense of security and killing them to increase his wealth through occult sacrifice grew into the fairy tale, uh, grew into the fairy tale of Bluebeard. In 1697, under the name of Charles Perrault, the most famous version of the tale appeared. In a story, uh, in the story, a rich older nobleman uh, has become married several times. His latest wife discovered discovers he murders all of his previous wives, and since then, the term Bluebeard, or to be called a Bluebeard, has become synonymous with husbands killing multiple wives or even seducing or then abandoning a series of women. Okay, there there it is. Yeah, that one makes sense, right? Yeah, I, I was wondering where it was going. I was like, okay, so we're talking about Doctor. we got to explain Bluebeard. But first, let me tell you this 20-year uh, backstory. 20-year <laughs> my ass, 500-year. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a huge backstory. That that was the, I think that was longer than Doctor Clement's story. Christ, that's what it felt like. So I was just wondering, hey, where's the Bluebeard? <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys and girls, remember you can send us an email at brutalnation at twisted blue uh, at twistedbluellc.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Also, we launched our new YouTube channel, so check look you know just. Look for Brutal Nation. You'll see a little slideshow, a lot of pictures, all that good stuff. This show's copyright 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Have a good night.